In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 50th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel, download the app, or you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. And you got to be sure to check out last week's show from August 6th. I spoke with my social media gal, Talitha V, and we dug deep into how to stay partner while in conflict with kids as well as in the business world. Today, my guest is Dan Mangina. Dan, welcome. Hey, 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 how you doing? Good. Now, the first test is, did I pronounce your last name correctly? You forgot again. <laughs> I did? I screwed up? Okay, you, you know say it, it. Do you know what it is? It's the, the E after the G. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trained to soften the G. So right. you're looking for Mangena. Even if you practice Mangena, you're going to revert back to default and go to Mangena, even if you practice Man- Mangena. So. Mangena. Yeah, it's Mangena. Thought it. Oh, okay. Well, let's, <laughs> I'll have at least two more opportunities to say it again. So you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll okay, get it. It's all good. Here's hoping. So, <laughs> listeners, I want to give you a little background about Dan, and then I'm going to uh, turn turn it over to him so he can expand on it because it's fascinating to find out that Dan, as a receiver of a late and devastating diagnosis. Dream with Dan founder Dan Mangena is an expert in transforming real adversity into financial and personal opportunity. I think this is uh, safe to say, Dan, you walk your talk. Well, I do my best. <laughs> I do my you best. might wobble sometimes like the rest of us. Yeah, there's some wobbling sometimes. And Dan leads by sharing this skill with entrepreneurs as a prolific author, and I do mean prolific people. A public speaker, a coach, a podcast host, Dan has a mission to enable you to choose an abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. So, Dan, I'd really love for you to start by sharing your backstory with listeners. Sure. Um, you know, a friend of mine wrote an article recently. He's a fellow, he's much more of a veteran, but he's a fellow writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, and the article was called the the businessless business coach. The business businessless business coach. Business coach. Okay. There was an article already in another magazine that right now there are more business coaches than there are small business owners, or some ridiculous <laughs> figure or other. There was, I'm sure it was in one particular region or country or or something. But there's this, especially with the pandemic and stuff. Everyone's I'm a healer. I'm a this. I'm a that. And many people, I feel, do have something to contribute and do actually have something to offer. 
I think what really sets for me personally, my journey aside from, from many is that I didn't come out and say, Oh, what's a good way for me to go out and make some money. I'm going to go and be a coach or whatever. I ran away from this path. <laughs> I ran away from it. I had no intention of doing it. I had a very successful business. I built up from scratch, having made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 23. Holy Clawing my way back from that second loss. Yeah, clawing my way back from that second loss, going through the dark pits of, you know, suicidal ideation after the second loss and rebuilding my life from scratch. When I had rebuilt my life and built on my consulting business, I didn't want to throw it away. I didn't want to let that go and, oh, I'm going to go and be a thought leader and share stuff. I'm like, I've built this thing from the rubble. And for the first time ever, it's sustainable. I've covered my bases, the mess ups that I've made before that meant that things were taken from me. I haven't made them here. I'm good. I fly first class on my own terms. I mean, I've, I've literally got up in the morning and said, you know what? I fancy going to New York and hanging out for a few days booked a first class flight and been on a Virgin Atlantic that day to go and hang out. And I remember one time my friend Ferk, he's a NYPD. I was like, dude, are you off today? He goes, yeah, I'm literally just, I've got my rest days coming up. Like, I'm like, I'm going to like meet me at the airport at this time. I've literally hopped on a flight, got there. He's picked me up from the airport. We've gone to my hotel. I've had a shower, got changed and we've gone out and had fun. That was my life. I had a tailor. I had several nice watches and like I did things on my terms I didn't choose this life. It literally chose me. Like mm. the calling was so strong that I was literally pride from a life that I really did love to find one that I didn't even know I could love even more. So that's just to give some context to the fact that I didn't, I'm not one of those people that came to be a coach because it was the way that I was going to have success. I already had success and went into a year like 2018 was a year for me. Like I didn't really know what I was doing because I walked away from the business. I left a lot of money on the table, stuff unfinished. I packed up my house, having a very, very beautiful experience, at a meditation retreat, left everything in my brother's garage and literally packed a backpack, a suitcase, a suit carrier and went off on my own dime teaching my work around the world. It was only later that year when someone said to me, Hey Dan, if you have more abundance, you can actually touch more people's lives that I then actually started looking at the business side of things. And, you know, we've been blessed. We built up a six-figure business in four and a half months, and now we do six figures a month. But that wasn't what I came to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, mm. it like you said, it was a calling. It, mm -hmm. I'm going to guess, became a passion. Um, it was, a, it was, it, the thing is, so even my podcast, Do It With Dan, when I first, like the reason why I do it with Dan as a podcast name doesn't really feel that like, because everything's dream with my brand. I'm dream with Dan. I'm dream, dream a CEO. If it's dream a HQ. That's because initially the podcast was something I was going to do a business podcast um, and just having cool conversations around business. And I always look for the line in leash resistance in order to get something happening. And so I was like, well, I've got this resource. I'd already got the, the branding done. I already had all the names and so on and so forth. I do it with danpodcast.com. Like, hey, let's just do it, you know, and get it done. So I was passionate about, I don't do anything I'm not passionate about. I'm passionate about speaking. I love creating content. Um, I do love speaking. I do love, you know, creating books. I, I love podcasting. absolutely love it. These passions have just become the medium for me to share something I'm also passionate about, which is people letting go of this illusion that abundance is not 
their birthright and falling into the traps of lack, fear, mm. um, contraction, anxiety, and all the other nonsense that comes from being aligned with that illusion. And something I you said a moment ago was sort of like, um, you didn't quite say it this way, though, choosing the path of least resistance. And I imagine you probably work with people who think that if they want to create an abundant life, Mm -hmm. they need to work hard and push Mm -hmm. and force. Mm -hmm. And like you, Dan, I'm a big advocate of, you know, if there's too much push or fight this way, choose Mm -hmm. another way, find another way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, one of the principles that we teach now is something called money DNA. Um, And one of the things I really love about this concept as it's continued to evolve is, I mean, look, for example, I'm about five, nine and change, right? I didn't have to do anything to be five foot nine and change, right? And there's nothing I can really do to have tweaked the program for me to be that, you know, just that couple of inches taller and been six foot tall. My DNA said, hey, you're going to be five foot nine and change. My eyes are brown. There's nothing I could have done about that. That's just what unfolded. When we look at our financial situation, I've seen this time and time again with the thousands and thousands of people that we've got to to share our work with. Their financial situation can always be backtracked, in my experience, to a set of archetypes, predispositions, um, just spaces of flow. And we've basically mapped out a series of tests, a series of uh, investigations to see where someone's at. And invariably, we can connect that to where they end up being financially. When people are fighting, I find that they're generally out of alignment, out of sync with those natural dispositions, that DNA that's going to naturally unfold. The really cool thing about money DNA is that for the most part, a lot of those things can either be leveraged or shifted and tweaked so that we can take what we are naturally and adapt it to where we'd like to be financially. And when that happens we find that there's a lot more flow, especially when we start to bring in vibration alignment, uh, the unconscious mind, our habits and behaviors to support it so that we're not pushing and hustling, we're allowing and experiencing. Mm, Not pushing and hustling, allowing and experiencing. Yeah. I'd like us to go back to this a little bit later because I feel like you, you have a lot you could reveal for listeners. So, um, you know, feel free to guide us back that way. <laughs> sure thing. Though I, w- I was listening to one of your uh, delightful podcast episodes and um, you and the, your interviewer, interviewee, your guest, mm-hmm. you guys were sharing your favorite book list. Yeah. And I'd love to have you remind listeners what, you know, your top five favorite books are at least for at the moment, because I'm imagining they constantly shift yeah. and change. <laughs> so I'll just give the listeners a little bit of background to where that practice of having five books came from. Um, back in 2015 or 16, I say 15, a uh, dear friend of mine, and he and I both avid book readers. I mean, I've, I pretty much kept up with at least three books a month for the most part for, uh, for many, many years. There was a period of time when I was actually consuming like one or two books a week. Um, so I've read hundreds and hundreds of books over the years. Um, but we were both like, well, do we want to be just people that read books and then don't do anything with them? How would it be for us to find a way for us to ensure that these books that we're reading actually make it into our lives? Because you can actually just end up with information overload, not right. even integrate or apply anything. Yeah. And so we came up with this idea that we would continue to read books that we love and consume and enjoy, 
but we'd always stay on top of not applying what we learn by keeping five that we regularly refer to as almost like our, our little mini library, like our Bibles and being, having Asperger's, I need structure. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to have five books for five areas. I should know what those five areas are. And that took me into an exploration that now has become the work that we do with the ideal life blueprint, which we, we loop into what we do with abundance because we then send people off to understand that so that when we're going to create abundance, we know what we're creating abundance for. So I had these wait, five wait, wait, areas. Was, say that whole thing again. So when people are going after abundance, yes. it's we found that people are much more successful in creating abundance when they know what the abundance is for. Got it. So the ideal life blueprint gives us a structure for us to look at what we want our abundance for, what life okay. do we want to live on, in ideal terms. Okay. And it came from this practice of picking five areas that I then picked uh-huh. five books that supported me in living to the fullest. I then overlay that with five role models, real or like from, you know, fictional. Um, and then five keywords, which I use as triggers for me to keep coming back to. So for right now, it's freedom, love, expansion, meaning, and pride. Those are my five words. Freedom, love. Expansion, meaning, and pride. Meaning and pride. Pride. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So those words for me trigger an expanded definition. Freedom, financial freedom, love loving connections with my family and friends, expansion of my consciousness and of my being, meaning as I'm always doing, saying, thinking things that have an overall expansive meaning that contributes and pride, being proud of myself, honoring how I desire to show up in the world. So those are my five phrases, my five words. Each one of those five books, each one of those five areas has a book that for me is a a textbook, a Bible for me at the moment. And as I continue to read and, and learn more, sometimes I switch out. I challenge that list every day when I say them in the morning, when I'm getting up and doing my practice, I ask myself, do these still resonate? And sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they change. Sometimes they change and change back. My role models, I meet new people. I learn new things about new people. Those sometimes change. But what doesn't change is me having five core areas that I explore so that everything I'm doing with abundance, everything I'm doing with creating resources to support me living an ideal life fit into five areas. I can always remember I can reel off and, it gives me true naughty in each of those. And that's where the, the books come from. So the books right now are uh, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Wattles for financial freedom. For love, it's a book called uh, Relating Revolution. It Takes One to Change by my friends Mino and Chris Kelka. For expansion, it's The Power of Now because I believe that expansion happens within the now. For meaning, it's The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. I just love the way that he surrendered into the flow of life and found depth there. And when it comes to pride, it's The Way of the Superior Man by David Dada. Um, that book has changed a couple of times for that kind of, it was manhood at one point, it's been pride, it's been personal power, but those are my five right now. Um, I make sure that I, I refer back to quotes I've taken from them. I flick through my notes often, but, um, but those are my books. That's the backstory and how they actually link into abundance as I teach and share it with people. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm so glad we uh, went through that process. And what mm-hmm. I can feel it's happening to me is I'm already in the in my mind thinking about what are my five categories. Mm-hmm. Um, what's coming up just for the moment is joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use your word for expansion. It's like self-development, health. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to think about the other two, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I have some books that can I can relate to them, though, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to think about that for a a little bit longer to make sure that the books associated, Mm -hmm. though. I also like the fact that you can switch books in and out. There's not, you know, 
Yeah. And when I'm reading, you know, as I'm reading, like right now I'm reading a book called The Four Seasons by a guy that I met in this um, this beautiful community I've just joined called The One Degree Network, um, Lawrence uh, Ford. And it's like, there's some stuff in there that speaks to other things. So it's not that I reject other books or they can't be sections of another book. These just happen to be the books that currently most fully embody my word, my desired experience and that box for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Um, I have a question, something about, I understand that you have advice for people to stop meditating. <laughs> Is that true? And if so, please expand. <laughs> this one always comes up. And this is actually, we're playing with that as a title for my next book. Um, the principles that I'm going to break down now will be the book, but we're, we're not sure how it's going to work in because um, we had some conversations with a pretty well-known publisher and they were like, yeah, this, this, t- we love this idea, but this book is, this title was a bit, too controversial really yeah because people you know they go to judge it before actually listening to what we've got to say about it which is you know for something to stop it has to have been in motion i didn't say don't meditate as it stop and that's because far too often i've seen that people have lost access to the power and beauty of everything that they've tapped into through their meditation strokes spiritual stroke mindful practice and not actually carried it in carried it over so okay great you've got this clear vision that you've got in your meditation or this beautiful visualized you know idea so what it exists in the ethers it exists as a vibrational flow exists as this experience but so what how is it going to become a part of your life if it just stays there okay what's the next part well we have to start looking at our mindset next does my mind actually leave me open and available to receive this? And then I have to look at, does my environment, do my habits and behaviors make me available to receive it? So the, the battle cry of stop meditating is meditate. Yes. Do your yoga. Yes. Do your chanting. Do your, go to the temple, go to the church, go to the mosque, go to the synagogue, do all the things, pray all that yumminess, but then do the work of ensuring that your mindset actually allows you to receive the thing that you're praying for, the thing that you're intending, the thing that you're meditating on. And then set up an environment to actually receive it. Because it's all very well and good. You're asking God for a miracle. But if you don't believe that it's possible, you're not going to be able to see it. Physically, your reticular active thinking system will shut it off. And if you're not in position to receive that blessing, then that's on you. So it's really looking at this integrated approach to life. Looking at this aligned approach to actually um, creating new outcomes in our life. And respecting the fact that spiritual practices, mindfulness practices are one part of an overall puzzle a foundational part, a very powerful part, but for people to stop stopping there and start taking care of everything else. So uh, you might have to say no to this question, though I would love a (laughs) concrete example. And and because I might be asking for something that would just, it's too over, be oversimplified though. um, I get it at a high level. I'd love to see if you Mm -hmm. can walk me through uh, something. Okay. I'll give you two basic examples. Okay. I'll give you a real one and then I'll give you an imagined one. I'm not going to okay. tell you which one's which, but you'll probably oh, good. work it out. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> okay. I love quizzes. <laughs> so I close my eyes. I imagine myself being a millionaire. I imagine myself winning the lottery even, which for me, I think is like a, a manifestation, but I don't go and buy a lottery ticket. I'm saying the same prayer every morning. At the same time, I'm holding feelings of unworthiness. And I believe it's possible to win the lottery or to have abundance. 
I've got thoughts of money being the root of all evil, but I'm praying for my winning the lottery. But then all I do is sit around eating Cheetos and watching Netflix all day, not even going on my mobile device to buy a lottery ticket. Mm. What was the point? Is my my situation going to change? Okay. I had a beautiful human that worked with me uh, a couple of years ago. They actually invested um, in, I used to do more one-on-one coaching back then. And uh, the program I did back then was a 12-week program. And we'd invariably see around week nine or 10, there would be a bigger harm moment, a breakthrough. And that person had the breakthrough. They were literally going on a walk and they heard the gremlin voice that I speak about in that program that was running their life and holding them captive. And we had this massive breakthrough and things were about to change. Got to the end of the program. Like, yes, I want this. This is amazing. Starts making changes. And then said they wanted to invest in like, you know, taking a bit more time. And then about halfway through the extra time, spun around and said, do you know what? Um, I've been reading the stories of some of the ancient yogis and, you know, God provided everything they need. So I don't think I'm going to do any more coaching with you because I believe God's going to give me everything I need. Now, here's the thing. You look at these ancient yogis, Yogananda, all these. Did the divine provide everything for them? Yes, but... Most of them spent 20 years in the mountains <laughs> learning to access that level of manifestation, right? They could pull things out of their hands, but they spent years. Do we want to stay in the mountain for 20 years or do we want to just click some things into alignment now and have it now? Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Now you said you were going to give two examples. One was real. I gave one- two. Those are two. I gave the lottery ticket and I gave the... the- Okay, good. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't miss one. Okay. No, um, no, that's what it's Yeah, yeah. Really, um, it's you got to take action. Mm-hmm. That's and the action has to be aligned with what we believe is possible Thank for you. us. Mm-hmm. What if someone has a block and they don't believe? What do you, how do you support them? They want to mm-hmm. believe, though they don't. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I end up knocking heads with a lot of people on the way that I approach things sometimes like, you know, some of my peers like, what, what did you say? Me and it's too. Like, I, I, have to <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually advocate going and doing deep dive investigations into your limiting beliefs. I don't yep. do it. Why? Because if I'm investigating limiting beliefs and I'm spending all my time focusing on limiting beliefs, I'm polluting my current mental environment yep. with those limiting beliefs and the emotions and the chemicals and hormones in my body associated with it. But the other extreme of that is people just put their head in the sand and pretend everything's lovely. What I like to do is say, okay, we honor what is, and then start to move on what we'd like to create. Nice. Because even when we look at the neurochemistry of the brain, coherent brain frequencies will always consume incoherent brain frequencies. And it's not just brain frequencies, it's frequencies full stop. When we look at, I think it's Richard Dawkins, I think David Dawkins, Richard Dawkins, power versus force when he actually shows that different emotional states have got different frequencies. And if you look, what we call disempowering emotional states tend to have a quote unquote lower frequency. If I'm introducing yep. a high frequency, it will actually literally consume the lower frequency. So I have people bring in what we desire, hold it in a higher elevated state, and it will tend to consume and actually remove, overwrite the other. We're not pretending that the other one's not there. We're holding it. We're having compassion. I love you. And this is where I'm going now. Yeah. This Um, is so last year. (laughs) Yeah. So I know we've got a break coming up, but um, I'd love to, you know, when we've got a bit more time to dive into it, even give some strategies that the listeners can actually play with to actually create some change in a real way 
in quite a short period of time using this approach of consuming the incoherent frequencies versus either pretending it's not there or obsessing over the limiting beliefs and actually just ending up giving them more life. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. And Dan, as you were speaking, it made me think of something I heard. I maybe when I was studying coaching that Mm -hmm. um, we don't necessarily have to know the why something is what it is in order Mm -hmm. to fix it or change it. Mm -hmm. Maybe in some situations for some things though, for most of the stuff, it's maybe fascinating for us. We're curious Mm -hmm. about it. The once Mm -hmm. I realized that, wow, that just released me of so much. I don't have to know Mm -hmm. the why. I just want to have to know where I want to go. Yeah. And the why can be a cool thing to look back on, right? I've had some, you know, some mess ups in my life. I can look back at them now with a glass of wine in hand and, oh, look at that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when we look at everything, when we stay present in the now and we look at what's, what supports where I'd like to go now from now? What supports that? And then, okay, well, this from the past gives me some material that can support that. I can take the wisdom of that without the emotional charge, right? I can take that memory without the emotional charge and carry the wisdom from it and apply it now. I don't have to be in it in order to pull from it. If it doesn't have any space in the now, then I don't hold it in the now. And again, that's not pretending things didn't happen. It's not putting my head in the sand. It's moving forward expansively and just pulling on what serves me here and now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's pause for a moment here and we're going to take a break. Now, listeners, if you want to connect with Dan, find out more about him, go directly to his website, www.dreamwithdan.com. And just to um, whet your appetite, listeners, a little bit, here are the titles of his books. And there may be even more, and it sounds like there's a future one coming. The Money Game, Stepping Beyond Intention, The Dreamer's Manifesto, From Time to Time, Power proximity. And I hope, Dan, that after the the second half of the show, we'll get more into some of those. Of course. Okay, good. And listeners, if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You can find the details on my website, carolcoaching.com. When we come back, we're going to be hearing more from Dan. So stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. My guest today is Dan Man. Oh, I'm so blocked, man. Jenna. And Gina, man, it's Gina. Gina, man, Gina, man, Gina. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the brain does it. The brain does it. It you goes back so to kind. default. Okay. So, Dan, my friend Dan is here. And uh, so, now, as Dan promised before the break, he's going to uh, now take uh, some an opportunity to give us some strategies for handling those limiting beliefs that so many of us have. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. It's not possible. All that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dan, go for it. So just want to preframe this. I think it's really powerful for us to remember that the mind isn't your enemy. It's your friend. It's a perfect executing machine that never fails anything. When you remember that you can stop beating yourself up and it can also help you to implement more gratitude into your experience because even when you create something that you don't want, it's the perfect execution of something that you did want at an unconscious level. Mm. The unconscious mind never fails. The thing is that the unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. Yeah. And so introducing a new set of instructions for it to succeed at is really what we're talking about. Limiting beliefs, that voice is a part of the current program. So rather than fighting the program, which just gives it more life. We just need to feed in a new program. So what language does it speak? It speaks in imprints, images, uh, emotional imprint. So our emotional state has more of a say in changing limiting beliefs than us fighting our current ones or complaining about the ones that we, you know, the beliefs that we don't have. So here's the hack. Instead of verbalizing it in words, look at the new belief that you want, how does it feel to have that new belief? And then pollute your environment with more and more inputs that are going to support you having that emotional state. The belief system will follow because your unconscious mind will start to program itself according to those inputs that it's getting. You then support that by conscious time being spent in habits and behaviors and curating a physical environment that again supports that new belief. We don't fight the old one. We simply support emotionally and with our physical actions and our environment that new belief and it will unfold by itself you just find that it changes got it so let's uh use a concrete example about Mm -hmm. people wanting to have more more financial freedom stability Mm -hmm. abundance okay Um, so someone wants more financial stability and, and abundance then the program has to support that okay so um, there's a principle I teach about called alignment, which is, I know, something that you wanted to, yes. to, to, to step to today. So this comes in here okay? because alignment is basically looking at the fact that reality isn't one dimensional. We have a physical body that moves through time and space. We have 
mental experience, right? A mental aspect of ourselves. That's our stories, our narratives, our beliefs, our ideas, our programs. You know, the unconscious is sitting there and is the gatekeeper. And then we also have an emotional experience, which we know even the law acknowledges crimes of passion. It recognizes that we're in, when we're in particular emotional states, it can overwrite our ability to think a certain way. So we've got these three levels of experience. It's always following an instruction. When we look at what we get, um, particularly in you know some corners of the, the quantum, uh, the quantum physics model, this idea that everything that is unfolding at any of these levels only unfolds and becomes a part of our physical experience because there's some kind of expectation or direction or instruction. Most of the time that's happening from our unconscious. Our unconscious mind is calling in those experiences that start okay. experiences an emotional field, which then starts unconscious thoughts, which then leads into unconscious habits and behaviors, mm-hmm. which is where we spend most of our time. We're unconscious as much as 97% of the time. Wow. So we need to have a clear interjection for me an intention is intercepting or disrupting whatever the program is that's how i define an intention so we've got programs that we're running on if i choose to disrupt that program and put you know consciously throw something in the mix that's an intention okay Okay. that's why my book is called stepping beyond intention because beyond intention is getting to a point where i don't need to keep interceding because my unconscious program is doing what i want anyway it's picked that's the whole principle that's Mm -hmm. the principle so i'm propping in an, an intention Obviously, if things were going the way that I wanted, I wouldn't need to change anything anyway. So I'm bringing in an intention. And then I need to understand what emotions do I cognitively connect to that intention? So when we're talking about financial freedom, for example, what are just three or four emotions? You don't need a laundry list, three, four, five at the maximum. It's just enough that you can remember and wheel off. What are three or four emotions that I cognitively connect to that experience? Why is it important that I cognitively connect? Because if I, for example, take your words, Amy, that's not going to resonate with my unconscious because right. I've got no cognitive connect. It's going to be this. Right. And this is why a lot of people I find struggle with creating abundance because even if they get this much, they're chasing after emotions that other people have told them that they should have. Okay. Oh, I should feel like that. Oh, maybe that will work rather than just consciously stepping up and saying, okay, when I hold a vision of me in that experience, what are three or four emotions I'm having in that experience? Yeah, cognitive connection set. So you can literally just literally play in your mind with that images of that experience and see what emotions come up in the body. Okay. Now you've got a roadmap. So, so let's uh, let me reflect on that and see what comes up as you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm so what I'd be sitting with a situation where I'm I'm imagining I'm fully financially abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes up for me is a sense of joy. Because mm-hmm. then I, I, I'm able to be um, generous with many other people in my life who mm-hmm. I know, who I don't know. I give to even more to uh, associations and organizations that are, I think are doing important things in the world. And that's also the other emotion that comes up in that same time is like pride. Like, oh, I can really help contribute to, contribute to the betterment of the world. Um, another thing that comes up is uh, delight. Because it means that I can have even more fun. Maybe I might um, be able to uh, pay for my friend to take this exotic holiday with me, and we get to spend this quality, wonderful, joyful time together. Um, is am I on the right track? Exactly it. Exactly, you've got the roadmap now. The intention. This is the thing. I mean, you know this as much as I do. 
communication is not about the words it's about the energy behind the words the words yep. are just a medium of exchange yeah. and that medium of exchange is only met by both people holding the same meaning attachment to those words um my wife's russian russian american if she starts speaking russian i'm not going to feel i'm not going to be able to connect fully sometimes when we have disagreements it's because she's misunderstood or i've misunderstood or miscommunicated a word between us mm-hmm. whether she's the wrong phrasing based on English not being a first language, or I've been too complicated speaking something to someone for whom English is not the first language. Mm. And then there's a disconnect, there's a breakdown. We're doing that all the time, communicating that new program to ourselves because it's not in a language that we understand. Now that you've got that, you can actually start speaking that into yourself and start speaking it into your life. Here's where the magic is now. All that you have to do in order to shift the program at the unconscious level into abundance is to consistently keep up a series of inputs to the unconscious that supports that new narrative. Remember, the unconscious doesn't ignore your instruction. It just needs that instruction to be on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. If you consistently speak joy, um, pride, um, delight, I think were three of the words. Mm -hmm. Was there another one? I don't know if it was generosity or... Generosity, uh, for example. Contribution, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll use generosity because it's got yumminess to it, right? As long as your mind is receiving those inputs on a regular basis, it has no other choice because it doesn't have an analytical function. It just, okay, cool, we're doing it. It will start operating on that basis. But what often happens is we don't consistently make those inputs and then we fail to support those inputs with what we've got in our physical environment. So for example, you've got pride, you've got joy, you've got delight, you've got contribution, but then your physical environment speaks sadness it speaks unworthiness it speaks contraction and lack Mm -hmm. it speaks Mm -hmm. sad and so guess what happens that conflict happens and when there's a conflict the unconscious mind just refers back to default Mm -hmm. okay there's a conflict here forget it we'll just go back to default Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. it doesn't click into place yeah whereas when you start to audit the people and places in your life what are you listening to what are you watching what are you reading right where are you going what when you're conscious what choices you make about the things that you're saying yeah. to yourself. You know, um, at an extreme, an ex of mine, she would never let chipped or broken things happen in the house. Anything chipped or broken, it gets out of the house immediately because for her, that's anchoring in her environment anything less than abundance. She doesn't do that. Wow. I look to do this in little things. Like when I catch myself making choices from a place of contraction, I pause and I lean into it yeah. rather than allowing. So what am I doing? I'm supporting that new narrative. Yeah. Our unconscious, our inner being, our our vibrational flow, they are expansive and always moving forward. When we simply nudge it in the right direction and support that, it will naturally unfold. And for us, that's what alignment's all about, a clear intention, an emotional state that we're constantly inputting into our unconscious, keeping up inputs that supporting that narrative and supporting all of that with an environment Mm -hmm. that's ready to receive it and to nurture it and to keep it expanding and flowing. Change has to happen under that basis. That's really a rich explanation and clear. And now um, I'll share with you about two hours ago, before I hopped on this call with you, I was out for a walk and a friend of mine said, oh, I'm at this cafe, stop by. And another friend is there. So I popped over and said hello for a few minutes. And this third friend, even though she's a lovely, kind person, there's something about her energy or her her comments were joking, except constantly negative. And 
even just 15 minutes of sitting there, Dan. And I was like, oh, this is bringing me down. And so luckily I had an excuse to leave. And I made a clear decision in my mind. I don't want to spend time around that person. Even though she's a nice, kind, considerate person, it's a not good, not a good match for me. And I feel like my life and time is just too precious to be polite. You know, so I feel mm-hmm. like that's a, a an example 100%. of what you're talking about. At hundred percent, and and I think we 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 are invited to make some hard calls sometimes about what that means in terms of the commitment that we have to this new experience that we want for our lives. What are we prepared to drop from our environment in order to move into the new? And, you know, a big part of my journey has been, you know, allowing people to make the choice not to want to drop stuff and be okay with where they're at. Yeah. Because some people say that they want health. They say that they want more life. They say that they want more abundance, but then they're going to lose whole chunks of their identity that are tied to complaining about it. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, a, a lot of times people... They have that, you know, when we started, my signature program is called Micro to Millions. Micro to, million, micro to Millions is my signature program. And it's all about taking these principles and also including something that we call micro shifting to get from zero to 1.6 million. Um, and we've, you know, we've got a lot of people that have gone all the way to 1.6 million and, and beyond, but also a lot of people that stopped at a place where they were okay. You know, we've had people stop at as little as like 10, 15K. Like, okay, well, I actually realize I don't need any more to live the life that I want to live. Or we've had people, I had one woman, she's like, do you know what? I realized how uncomfortable I am around the idea of being abandoned because of this program. I'm not going to continue. But there's a freedom. And this is the thing. Some people might judge that, but I celebrate it because there's a freedom that comes from having the clarity to see this isn't even something that I'm ready to let go of my stories around, or this is somewhere where I'm okay holding stories here and kind of focusing my attention elsewhere. Um, and doing that without judging ourselves and just being yeah. okay with that being our journey. But there's a lot of clarity that comes from just being able to look at things and, and answer that question. Is this even part of why I want to let go of? Yeah. And I also wonder if it's a, a process for people because just because at this point in their life right now, they're not ready for it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that in six months or a year, they're not exactly. going to be in a place like, okay, um. I'm filling this, my boots now. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, letting people have their own journey, allowing yourself to have your own journey and putting yourself first in a loving way, loving, compassionate way to say, hey, that person's journey, I respect it, but it doesn't really align with my journey and the importance yeah. I want in my environment. Yeah. There's um, a f- a phrase I remind myself a lot, work with people who want to work with you. Yeah. I like that. You know, and this mm. goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, if there's too much resistance, then my job is to find an easier path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I, I think we're both um, movers and shakers and we're mm-hmm. edgy and we're not for everyone and mm-hmm. that's okay. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, even though if I see someone in front of me and think, Oh my gosh, you know, his or her life will be so much more gratifying if they choose this upgrade in their communication mm-hmm. skills. I've got to trust that they're making the right decision for themselves. 
if they I don't even go to. that far and I don't even go that far to trust that they're making the right decision for themselves I trust that it's none of my none of my business unless unless yeah. they make it my business <laughs> you want to talk about abundance okay cool you want to listen to the podcast cool you want to work with me okay if you're ready let's do this but other than that that's your journey and I don't mean that from anything other than love and appreciation for everybody having their own journey wholly and completely yeah yeah yeah, I have to, because sometimes I have a sense of, I like that because it, it check puts my sense of arrogance in check to say, you know, Amy, you don't know what's best for, for others. My, my friend, my friend Mira Kelly wrote a book called Beyond Past Lives. Great book, sold like 20 million copies. A really great Beyond book. Beyond Past Lives. Beyond Past Lives. And um, there's a line in the book, and I always butcher the exact quote, but the meaning doesn't get lost even in my butchering. And it's, um, don't get mad when people in your life don't expect don't accept or live a spiritual path in this lifetime they could have mastered spirituality in a thousand lifetimes before and have come to see something else and when i you say it for me again don't get mad when people don't follow the spiritual path in this life they could have mastered it a thousand lifetimes before and have now come to experience something different Uh uh-huh So I don't know what someone's interdimensional cross-life backstory is. I don't know. So it's not my place to judge from my limited perspective of humanness what the grand journey that they're on is and try and force my wisdom or whatever on them. I'm here to hold space with and for those who want to work with me, like you said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Cool. Yeah, because that's where the flow is. That's where the fun is, the exactly. energy, the joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan, you, you mentioned the term micro shifting a few minutes ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think you went into any detail. Yeah. Would you so, expand on that? I'll ask you a quick question. If yeah. I gave you half a million dollars right now, yeah. half a million dollars cold cash, told you exactly how to turn half a million dollars into a million dollars, number yes. one waved a magic wand and cleared any limiting beliefs that you had around having a million dollars and waved another magic wand and cleared any trauma or energy oh. blocks to having this a, a million dollars. This is a great wand, man. <laughs> Could you get to a million dollars? Yes. Right. Did you know that if you take a hundred dollars and double it 14 times, you get 1.6 million? I did not. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually 14, 14 steps. Even if, you took one step every two months and invariably in my experience, nobody really does one step at a time. Generally it'll be two or three steps, one and a half steps, one step, three steps, two steps, right? Whatever. So we've had people do that journey with us in 10 months. Okay. So that's what we do with micro Now, why does this work? Because invariably people don't have money blocks in a general sense. They've got a money block at a particular point. Okay. There's not some overarching general, I am limited in totality. It's I have a block at this point. And the reason why generally people have a block at that point is because their experience only leads them up to the known at a certain point. And then we step into the unknown, at which point the unconscious is like, we don't know what's going on here. So we're going to shut down to keep you safe. Mm. And so what we do is we teach people to baby step through the process through those stages of different amounts of money so we can get to the point of where the block is. But generally speaking, nobody's block is at hundred bucks. People don't have a block at a thousand dollars. Normally the block is maybe 
10, maybe 20, maybe 50. Most grown-ups have saved for a deposit for a house. A lot of parents have saved for a college fund. So they've experienced money at a certain level. We call that the hard edge. But when you make those baby steps through, number one, there's no resistance. Number two, you build a momentum. Number three, you get to actually feel and experience a succession of wins that supports you vibrationally in your emotional state, having confidence, feeling that worthiness. And we practice celebration at each of these steps too. Feeling that worthiness, feel that joy, feeling that celebration. So that when you do eventually get to the block, there isn't the same charge around it. Because guess what? The unconscious mind has a momentum of wins. The unconscious mind has a momentum of success. The unconscious mind has a momentum of gratitude and, and all the good things. So even if there are still some blocks there, you've also now got a much stronger charge of momentum that will combat at least away from a full stop. There'll still be some work to do, but it's no longer full stop procrastinate self-sabotage scenario. It might be, this is uncomfortable. I don't know, but I'm ready to step in and lean in and know. And that's how the system works. So micro shifting is something you can apply to anything. We say, push your edge, but not your buttons. Go into where your limits are and nudge them forward by building momentum leading into it so that when you get there, it's not some crazy, oh my God, it's okay. Let's lean into that. Let's lean into that and push the edge on it. It's not as scary when you're up close to it as Mm -hmm. when you're first starting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Dan, you say we always Mm -hmm. have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm... This is something, a philosophy I share as well, though I'd really like to hear more about your thinking behind this. Mm-hmm. And maybe the choice an isn't always conscious. The, the, choice is, the, cho- choice. the choice isn't always conscious. <laughs> a lot of the time it's unconscious, but operating in the unconscious as much as 97% of the time. And again, 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. But whilst we are consciously aware, we do have the opportunity to start disrupting and changing what those unconscious programs are and therefore leading to experiences that we actually desire. Yeah. So we always have a choice. It isn't always conscious, but we do always have the opportunity whilst we are conscious to adjust that unconscious program so that it does support more of what we consciously choose. Okay, I get it. And you know, <laughs> I, I, you, your, your brain works faster than mine, or maybe because <laughs> I just like I love what you're watching. You just noodle on it, like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, click and see the click. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Dan, we're starting to move towards the end of the program, and mm-hmm. I want to open it up to you to see if there's anything else in particular you would like to share um, that we mm. haven't explored yet today. Just really the importance of having fun, right? Because we can get lost in all of this. Oh, my God, I didn't have my notepad. I need to go back and listen on a notepad. Oh, God, I missed something. What did he say? What did she yeah. say? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Don't take it so seriously. We're not getting out of this thing called life alive. Stop taking it. That's what I heard. It's <laughs> like none of us are getting it. Like, you know, so just have fun with this. The more fun you're having with it. I mean, try and be peed off and smile at the same time or laugh at the same time. Very, very no, challenging. Yeah, very challenging. Right? Yes. So the more that your inputs, the more that your environment is supporting you being more uplifted, yeah. then the, the greater, a more conducive space you're going to be in to create some of these changes anyway. Just find something that you can take from this. You may not be able to take everything that, you know, Amy and I said here. Find one thing that you can implement. Then yeah. maybe come back and find something else. 
maybe that's going to lead you to something else. But just take one thing and apply it on a consistent basis and change must come. I want to reinforce that importance of fun. I One of the things I've so enjoyed watch, listening to your podcast is how much you love to laugh and play, <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, oh, man, this guy, you know, I'm so aligned with that. And I, I will share with you that I did a test years ago when I started my business around my values and my top two values were fun and play. And Dan, I was Amazing. horrified. Well, I, I thought, oh my God, how, <laughs> listen to the sentence. How will I ever make money if all I want to do is have fun and play? <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking, the people that are doing the best are doing something that they're really excited about. It, yeah. it may not be something that we understand, but it's something that they're excited about, something yeah. that actually lights them up. Maybe not what lights most people up, but it's what lights them up. And that's, that's why they win in life. Matters, yeah. Mm. So um, Dan, I want to share my final call for action. Um, well, I have two for people. Listeners, feel free to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes. You can do that via email or social media. And I will be discussing them on future shows, perhaps making suggestions or even learning from your own successes. And you can reach me at amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's, two L's. And my second call for action is really check out Dan's, first of all, his podcast, dreamwithdan.com. You can find all of this stuff on his website and especially his book, The Money Game. Dan, do you have anything else you'd like to add in 30 seconds or less? Yeah, we actually just made Money Game available for a dollar. So if you head to dreamwithdan.com forward slash money game, you can actually get the ebook for a dollar right now. So go and grab that. Dreamwithdan.com forward slash money game. Okay, great. And listeners, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired next week when I will be chatting with Ellie Von Planta. We'll be talking about the three dimensions of leadership in the family, in the military, and in corporations. And along with the basic needs we all have for these dimensions to function effectively. Now, you can check out my website for more information, carolcoaching.com, or connect with me on social media, Amy Carol Coaching. And if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live for five at five minutes past the hour today for a short chat on my call, my discussion, my chat with Dan. And Dan, thank you so much. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you for having me. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. And happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.